shit, shit, shit show. It's a fucking shit show. Shit show. Happy shit show Saturday to all my shit shows out there. I am coming to you from my newly renovated podcast studio uh, known as my closet. And I have a new standing work desk, um, except that it's it's been here the whole time. It's known as my my dresser. Up until this point, I have been recording on the closet floor with my computer on a suitcase and then my mic on top of a few board game boxes. And it's not very high. So I have to sit there hunched over like Quasimodo. It's like the worst posture that anyone could ever have. It doesn't uh, feel good. I am sore a bit when I stand up in my back and my shoulders. And yet I've done nothing about that until today. So (laughs) make whatever you want from that. So today you are going to get to hear from a bunch of shit shows. You're going to get to hear a portion of the Patreon group we had from uh, this last Sunday. And it was a really great discussion on fear. And I wanted to give you all a little peek, a glimpse into what the hell is going on in these groups. You know, I started the Patreon to, well, obviously to monetize it. I mean, a girl's got to eat. But also, I have not found many ACA meetings that I've liked. I'm sure they're out there, but I just have not come across them. And, you know, a lot of the meetings that I've gone to, they've just been a bit you know, somber, serious. A meetings too can obviously be, you know, somber or, you know, a bit serious. However, there's also a lightness um, in the atmosphere. There's a lot more of laughing at the ridiculous shit that we did in our addictions. And I just have not really come across that in many ACA meetings. And for me, that is so key because I feel like when we can add that lightness to it a little bit, when we can laugh at ourselves, that is self-compassion, that is empowering, that is very healing to me. So that's the environment that I'm trying to create in these Patreon groups. The meetings are raw and real and vulnerable and people cry, but there's also laughter. There's also a lightness to it that makes all of this, all of this hard work, self-discovery work we're doing just a bit more tolerable and enjoyable. It's just been really cool to see the growth in this community. In this group, we had One person in London, there was one person in Denmark, uh, a few people in Canada, and then people all over the U.S. But it has just been so cool for me to see the relationships that my shit shows have created with one another. That's just truly beautiful. So I think I'll probably do this once a month. So one shit show Saturday per month will be a little snippet from one of the Patreon groups. So in group, I brought up the topic of fear. Can we please reflect on the hours, the days, the months, the years of being in fear of shit that we've manufactured in our head, being in fear, shit that never came to fruition? Now, fear is obviously a normal and a healthy human emotion, but I feel like we as adult children experience fear on steroids. You know, can you remember that first time that you really felt 
that feeling? I can. I can remember it very vividly. That time, seven years old, waking up in the middle of the night and literally just being absolutely terrified, terrified that if I couldn't sleep in my mom's bed, that I literally felt like I was going to die. I think I've said this before, but so trait eight of the laundry list is we became addicted to excitement. But initially, when the laundry list was written, Tony A wanted it to be uh, we became addicted to fear. And so in the in the Big Red Book, it says, when ACA founder Tony A wrote this trait, he originally stated we became addicted to fear, but then changed the wording to addicted to excitement for clarity. Either way, excitement or fear, adult children use to both mimic the feeling of being alive when in reality they are recreating a scene from their family of origin. Gossip, dramatic scenes, pending financial failure, or failing health are often the turmoil that adult children create in their lives to feel connected to reality. While such behavior is rarely stated as such, these behaviors are an addiction to excitement or fear. You know, it's this fear that we experienced as kids that caused our true selves to go into hiding. We had to create this false self out of fear because we were afraid of being ourselves. And then we just carry this fear with us into adulthood. And this fear gets triggered. And we don't realize what the hell is going on. Here's the deal. We are always going to have to deal with fear. There's no healing or recovery that can occur to where we never experience fear for the rest of our days or that we never experience unfounded or manufactured fear. But we learn how to spot when we are having a fear response that isn't about the present, but is about the past. So it's all about awareness and learning tools to deal with it. Without further ado, let's hear from all these shit shows. The truth of the matter, my dear shit shows, is that there is a huge overlap in those of us who grew up in a dysfunctional family and those of us who are suffering from ADHD. I myself got diagnosed with ADHD about a year ago and getting this diagnosis and treating this diagnosis has made such a difference in my productivity and getting shit done. Now, let me tell you about Done. Done is an online ADHD care platform where you can get all the resources you need to help manage your ADHD. Take a free one-minute assessment and book an appointment with a licensed ADHD clinician as soon as the next day. Get continuous care, one-click refills, insurance coverage, and 24-7 care team support with Done for just $79 a month and pharmacy copays as low as $0. Visit get.donefirst.com slash podcast to learn more. Again, that is get.donefirst.com slash podcast. Done. Turn ADHD into your strength. So something that I've been noticing and I'm trying to unpack it, and I've noticed it over the past several years, 
I don't know if it's fear of failure. I don't know if it's fear of success. It's very interesting. And I'm wondering if anybody will be able to relate to it. And I don't even know how to put it into words, but like, so for example, so Saskia redid my website for me. She's amazing. I love it. I look at it. I'm going to make notes about what to have her like edits that I want her to make. And I get this like resistance, this like fear in putting the time aside to like go ahead and do that. Or it's like stuff that will move my life forward, that will move the podcast forward. And I get this like really weird resistance. Like I want to put it off as if it's like, it's like the same sort of feeling as like fucking calling a dentist, you know, like, like, you know what I mean? Like, it's just, it's so, so interesting to me, the visceral reaction I get, uh, just like another thing, for example, so I hired this woman to um, basically set up a project management system for me and like in Trello. So I pay her money. She does this for me. She sends me this video on how to, how to use it. She wants me to review it. She wants me to take notes and I get this like inner resistance and just like put, put it off. You know, like I don't even want to look at it. And I'm not quite sure what the underlying fear is because it's not there when I go to like reach out to have them do that or like when I pay or set it up. It's like almost like the reviewing process. I don't know. It's so bizarre, but I literally like will get like panic, panic about it. Can I ask a question? Yeah. So I feel with what you're doing is you're going to become whether you like it or not, sorry for you, a huge success. How does that feel for you? Because right now, you, well, does that feel a bit unmanageable for you maybe? Or, or it does. Like, no, I don't have fear about that. I will tell you what one of my fears is when it comes to this podcast is like that eventually it's like luster will wear off or like it won't be interesting anymore. Or like, because I've already shared all of my interesting stories and I don't, that's what I get nervous about is it'll just like, I, I won't be able to sustain the interesting factor. As far as becoming big and successful, like I'm cool with that. I think it's more like sustaining it is what's scary to me, not so much being it. But yeah, so it's just been interesting and I, it's like a big nugget and it's been there the whole time. It's been there the whole time that I've been leading up to this. It used to happen a lot with writing, like whenever I would want to sit down and write. And that's something that, I, that I've always had a weird relationship with. But it's just interesting to me, like when it's showing up, just make comments to you about what I want you to change on my website. Like it's, I'm just really curious what the underlying fear is. But yeah, so I just wanted to share that and just kind of have a dialogue about fear, whatever you guys are struggling with or if there's something maybe you're not also sure about what you're feeling for anybody that's new we cross talk as i've shown already people can share whenever they want guess what too if you don't want to share about fear you can also share about anything else that you want to share about and the floor is open i'll jump in here um 
I work with a ton of people on procrastination. Like it, I think it's easy to go to a place where you want to like figure out what the fear is and fix that, but it can be different to deal with fear versus procrastination. And the difference that I've seen is that usually procrastination comes from not wanting to address certain feelings that come up. One of those feelings might be fear, but it could also be like feeling successful, feeling valuable, like feeling like you have everything together. And then like, then that brings up a fear of things falling apart again. And like that, then you failed. And so, so much of the time procrastination is not actually about the task, right? Mm -hmm. Like it has nothing to do with the task. Like you said, whether it's a dentist or like fixing your website, it's about what that actually has to like, feel like, like being responsible or like the dentist, I have a client who's terrified of the dentist because it's associated with like pain or shame of not taking care of their teeth, right? So instead of like just going and facing out, they just don't want to feel any of that. So they don't do any of those tasks. Mm-hmm. And I think once you realize that, then then you can deal with those feelings because it's like, shoot, there's going to like for the dentist example, there's going to be pain if I go and there's going to be pain if I don't (laughs) like that pain is real right now and you can feel it. And so the more that you focus on that feeling and building the safety in yourself in that moment, as opposed to being like, I must respond back to this email or like, Mm. I must suck it up and push through this. Or like, I must figure out this whole problem. If you just, build up enough safety to then allow yourself to feel that feeling and let that go, then usually a lot of those roadblocks will start to move. And it's not like they move completely and you'll like never face that again. But I think that's the process where you can start to like have some self-compassion and some understanding instead of feeling guilt, shame, fear, Mm-hmm. Um, and just realize that we all have it and we're all human in that. And we all have trouble facing some of these different feelings at different times. Um, but when you deal with it, then usually it gets easier to actually do whatever it is because you've already cleared out what you're anticipating you're going to feel. Does that make mm-hmm. sense? Mm-hmm. That was really helpful because I find myself doing that at, at, for work tasks And it's like, I've prioritized, I know what I'm supposed to start with, but there's that resistance there. Mm -hmm. And I think it's because I'm so new at a lot of the tasks. I I think there is this, this piece of me that like, what if this is the one thing I can't figure out, right? Mm -hmm. I'm not smart enough to do. Um, But I, I do find, because I I realize how much I procrastinate. I do find that easy, it's easier just to deal with it then then to, to move it along and, and start doing a bunch of emails and stuff. But everything, I mean, it's like a daily thing. It's kind of like this, this block and it, yeah. And I think it's, yeah, it is the feelings. I just don't want to have any. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Just, just want to like sit there and be calm and still, but like anything that's new and different is going to bring that up, whether it's good or bad. Like Mm -hmm. just any of the newness does. And so allowing yourself to feel it and express it, even if it's just like, oh, I'm afraid this is going to (laughs) suck, you know, or like, 
oh, here, okay, this is a chance to look like an idiot. I get that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But I know I'm not an idiot. I'm just new. That's Mm. okay. Oh, nice. Like, so that you can like, (laughs) yourself, right? Like say it out loud. Don't tell yourself I'm an idiot, but you can say like, I'm afraid I'm going to be an idiot. That's okay. Or like, I feel like I might screw this up. That's okay. And but I know, or like, you know, or do something else to show yourself that you aren't in fact, not an idiot. You're really capable. You can do that. I just love that you brought up fear today because I was in it. I, I think during lockdown, I was quite isolated, happily so. I'm one of these rare breeds that loves her own company. So I, I committed to a social for people that are into the same thing as me today, right? And it's in central London. And I got on the train, I was fine. And then I got on the train and I was like, what am I doing? I don't even remember how to even like interact with people. I don't want to do this. And then I got to the venue and I was looking around for them and I didn't know where they were and I just panicked and I just went straight back to the station and I was about to get back on the train and hide at home because the fear was so overwhelming. And then I literally was about to get on the train and I was like, no, 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 you can do this. And I made myself go back. It was so scary. Was it better than curling up on the sofa with my dog but I did it you know and I faced the fear and actually it wasn't the fear it was my struggle with vulnerability I think mm-hmm. was the root underneath it and it, it I find it my name's Saskia and I find it really hard to get vulnerable and I think it's rooting what it is under there do you know what I mean mm-hmm. and I yeah. think I'm interested like for things like this Trello or the things like the website, there's something really juicy under there. No kidding. And I know that. Yeah. But it's not ready to come out yet. Maybe. Well, can it, I'm, I mean, I'm fucking ready. Can it come? Like I'm ready. I'm ready. I did. I did go through it and made notes last night so we can talk about it tomorrow. So I did do it. But I'm I'm here to hold space for you in, in, in exploring it. If you don't want to talk about it or you want to whatever. No, I do. Fear's a motherfucker, may I just say. Funny that you picked picked fear today. Um, that we actually <laughs> had that uh, fear and resentment in our MIA meeting this morning, and they were talking quite a bit about it. Um, fear sometimes cripples me for small things, small things that that really shouldn't. You know, it's the same type of thing with Andrea. I don't know where it comes from sometimes. Um, I have a small business with five, six, sometimes eight employees, depending. Um, and I have a hard time going in to tell someone to do something, which is silly. You know, something as simple as do this case first, handle this first. Mm. Um, you know, I, I, I tell myself I need to go do it. And then all of a sudden I just get this, I don't know if it's anxiety or fear or whatever it is. And I'm like, I don't want to do that now. And then I push it off. Um, or I don't want to make this phone call or, you know, whatever. Um, the thing that happened this morning is I'm, I, I make a salad every, every Sunday for work. Um, and I have a little bit of salad every day for lunch. And I'm downstairs making a salad. I'm not doing anything wrong. And I hear, so, I hear someone moving upstairs. I assume it's my wife. And all of a sudden, I start looking around in panic because I have salad stuff all over the island. <laughs> And I'm like, why? I, I, I literally stopped myself. And I'm like, why do I feel like this? 
I'm making a salad. I'm not doing anything wrong. So why do I feel like this panic overwhelmed me? Like I am, it just, it, I don't understand that either, but it's just, I, I need to stop myself and rationalize, let me know, let myself know that I, that, that I don't need to feel that way. So thanks. I think I've read that in an article once. It's like the four big like fears is like fear of success, fear of abandonment, fear of failure, and um, fear of making salads. Yeah. I think that's a, <laughs> that's a big one. I'm sure. Stop there. Yeah. <laughs> I don't, I mean, I'm glad, like, I just like, I don't think adult child's getting enough attention. I don't think fear of making salads is getting the attention that it deserves. I think it should get a little bit more. (laughs) I got a little bit of fear this week. Um, With the, you know, going to Florida in the morning to have an in-person interview with the company that I video interviewed with for a year ago, but dropped out to more or less take this job here in Memphis. And I, they wanted me originally to go last week, (laughs) but I put it off another week, even though this week is more difficult on my schedule because I have to go to Florida. I leave for Florida tomorrow morning. I get back Tuesday night. I'm here Wednesday. And then I have to be at the airport at 5.30 on Thursday to go to Boston for four days. So it would have been much easier on myself to go last week when I wasn't going to go to Boston in the same week. But it was like, this was the later date and I took it and I don't, and I, you know, there are some fears there. Did I make the wrong decision going to Memphis? Did I, you know, is going to this interview, you know, is it the right thing to do? Cause what if I want, you know, so there's been all these different fears in my brain for the last couple of weeks, ever since I booked this interview in Florida. And I just, I don't know. I don't know if it's a failure or what it is. It's just, it's like, shit. I mean, <laughs> I've, I already moved. I, not even what, what was that? Mm-hmm. Seven, eight months ago, I moved here. And then now to think about moving to another state in a few months, but I don't know. I'm, I'm still kind of grappling with it, but I keep telling myself that I, I'm just going to go to Florida tomorrow. I'm going to do the best I can on the interview and the site visit and all those other things that I need to do in the next two days. And ultimately it's not up to me. I don't, you know, if they're going to, I don't, it's not guaranteed that I'm going to get an offer tomorrow. Right. So, or Tuesday or whatever. So I just, I can't make myself worry about what decision I'm going to make because I might not have to make a decision. They might make it for me. So. Yeah. And you also might go to the interview and not like it. You know what I mean? It's like, there's still more information to be gathered. Yeah. I know. I know. I get it. And it's also like, it's like how, like when we're just like not trusting in our higher powers plan too, we think we have to have it all fucking figured out. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I was going to say. It's about trusting our higher powers got us when we feel that fear. Yeah. As soon as you were talking about that, Michelle, it was just like fire in me. Like, it's all about trust. <laughs> but yeah, like how many of us on this call today can actually say that we fully trust ourselves and fully trust our higher power? I know I can't. I'm not there yet. No, because, you know, I've only really kind of bought into this whole higher power thing, what, three years now? So for the first 52 years of my life, there was no higher power. There was no God. There was, you know, there was none of that. Right. So, you know, I have to 
give myself, a, this is where, you know, I always tell people I work with grace and patience and I need to give myself some. So I know that, but thanks. And like the control aspect too, you know. I fully trust my higher power, but the problem is, is I'm a control freak and I take the, I start taking the driving wheel back because when I'm conscious of putting my higher power in the driving seat, my life is so much better, but I, I just, I'm like, no, you're going the wrong way. I want to go this way. And I take the wheel back. Mm-hmm. And then I wonder why I'm getting consumed by fear. I thought you said that you didn't have a personality today. That fear took it out of me, man. It was intense, dude. It's like literally a full-on anxiety attack in central London. And I was just like... I what think was I'm the fine. event? What did you do? It's called Psychonauts Social. <laughs> Psychonauts are people that they explore spirituality through plant medicine psychedelics. Uh-huh. That's yeah. cool. I walked into this place. It's a Sunday. It's a gallery. It's packed with people. How am I meant to know who takes psychedelics and who doesn't? And I wasn't going to walk <laughs> up to people saying, hey, are you a psychonaut? You know, like, how awkward. <laughs> was that not the point of the group, though? The, it was, like, targeted for that. But it was just finding them. I mean, I would. Probably... I didn't know how to find them. Uh, okay, so there was okay. one guy, oh, okay, and he okay. was at this table, and he just had this mushroom on his table. And I <laughs> saw the mushroom. I was like, "Okay, okay, I'll go over there." I mean, that seems like the probably the easiest group, one of the easiest groups of people to talk to, <laughs> the psychonauts or whatever. Once is. I was, you're right, because once I was there, they were all authentic <laughs> and lovely. But I think just having uh, the uh, courage. The initial part, yeah, I definitely get what you mean. Yeah. Also. <clears throat> Yeah. Yeah. I feel that way. Just trying to connect like uh, with anyone, similar to what you said after the pandemic also, I'm also quite like isolating, like naturally. Uh, I think most of my life is like, I kind of stay on my own, do my own thing. And so now like trying to reintegrate after the extra isolation of COVID is like so weird. <laughs> it's like so many, um, yeah, again, it's the fear, you know, and the thoughts like getting stuck in your head. And uh, like for me in terms of handing that over to an, a higher power. Like I am a naturally spiritual person. I grew up in the church, so it's not too much of a reach for me, but I am struggling with how to practically do that, how to practically integrate the higher power into my life and how to, uh, yeah, how to benefit to manage my fear with the higher power. That's the difficult part for me. Yeah. But I think it's the journey, right? It is never ending. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do you find like with recovery, I find it so easier. It's so much easier on you when you're on your own. But but when when you yeah. put yourself out there and then you're navigating relationship, whether it be friendship or relation like romantic relationship or work, there's so many triggers. Yeah. But at, when you're working on yourself, it's yeah. easier. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. There's like less input, less stimulation. Yeah. You know? Less, less things you have to think about also. But at some point, you'd also have to, uh, you know, venture back out into the real world, right, <laughs> with those lessons. Because that's when you're really going to apply them to see where you have progressed, but you still need to learn and stuff. So. Yeah, and yeah. living yeah. life. Hmm. Yeah, exactly. It's scary, though. I feel like such no. a knob that is so scary, but it's scary. <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> Who's next? Hi. Um I'm glad you picked that today was, you were talking about fear because that's pretty much the reason I joined. I'm just, I'm full of fear and anxiety and 
I think I have been almost my whole life. So I don't know. I mean, I know that I have a hard time with vulnerability. I, it's easy for me to isolate. Um, I notice when my wife tries to tell me how to do something, I just can't talk to her. <laughs> and it's, it's so weird. It's so it must be vulnerability. Cause I can't, I, it's like I lash out, but um, I'm not, I'm wondering how helpful it is to try and figure out where it came from because it feels like it's been with me like, you know, pre-birth or something. Mm -hmm. So I don't know how helpful that is, but just, but the um, being vulnerable, trusting my higher power, even remembering that I have a higher power. um, That seems to me be the solution. Mm -hmm. Anyway, I'm just glad to be talking about it and thank you. Of course. What about you, Melinda? Well, it's interesting. Fear is pretty much my life force. That's how I live and do everything. <laughs> or or not actually not do anything. It I can kind of spiral and, and like we've all talked about, I'm not gonna leave my house. You know, something bad's gonna happen to my dog if I leave, you know, or you know gonna catch fire so that's pretty much how I've lived my life is by fear and probably just a good way to not do the things I want to do or you know I talk myself out of a lot of things and then I feel safe don't have to try you know and I make up those things like I'm not going to be safe if I don't stay in my safe little cocoon Mm -hmm. I think the biggest thing that we could do with any of this stuff is to not shame ourselves for having the fears, you know? I think for me, uh, some of it, like, like I mentioned before is to pause, you know, and really, um, you know, if you're going to use a higher power, you kind of turn that stuff over to them um, in the way that if you know, the fear isn't rational, you can turn it over to them and give it to them, higher power, universe, God, whatever you want to call it. Um, and then kind of get rid of it. Um, you know, that's what I kind of did this morning, you know, when, when I was making that, that ACA salad, you know, I, uh, I just kind of paused and, and, you know, I got this from the ACA and I got this from listening to, to the podcast. I actually, and it's the first time I've done this, but I actually said, there's no reason for me to feel this way. There is no reason for me to feel this way. Um, I'm okay. Uh, I'm allowed to do this. You know, that, you know, I told myself that type of stuff, took a deep breath and I went on doing what I was doing. Uh, and it helped. It really helped me get over that, whatever that feeling is, Mm -hmm. I need to understand it and get rid of it. So that's kind of what I did. It's like we could fear we're like making something healthy. We're yeah. like afraid we're gonna get caught. It's like one thing if we're like making like an ice cream sundae. I don't know. <laughs> you know. <laughs> it's like we're working out. We're like afraid we're gonna get caught. <laughs> what are you doing in here? Vicky or Rebecca? Um I Someone had mentioned like it'd be good to understand why more why 
I have like these fear anxious responses to things that should not be. Um, and that's a work in progress. It'll be a long time for me to work through those things, but just recognizing like those behaviors I have and then allowing myself to like, like go to a higher power, for example, like, you know, just even recognizing that I'm doing these little spiral behaviors, um, self-defeating things when you're fearful. For example, I have my job for 28 years. I'm 51 years old. I should be fairly confident in what I do, and I am. And I have an opportunity for a promotion, which I would be the logical person to take that position. But just this fear of not being enough is overwhelming. Shouldn't be there. I'm confident in what I do. I don't cry work. <laughs> um, but again, just recognizing these things we do when we're fearful, anxious, and it would be helpful to understand why I do these things. But again, just recognizing that I'm doing them and giving myself some grace would be a much more healthy behavior mm -hmm. um, rather than trying to be self-defeating or uh, be like talking bad to myself about myself. Like those are all behaviors I tend to do when I'm fearful mm -hmm. um, rather than just, you know, it feels so much better when you just let it go. Um, another example, I have uh, a situation where my daughter went to Alaska. She's been in Alaska for a month, so it's a great opportunity for a 19-year-old. But she went to go stay with a friend of mine who turned out to be a douchebag. <laughs> I mean, she was safe, but it was just, it's just a terrible um, situation, and there's nothing I can do about it. It's Alaska, for gosh sake. I mean, I'm not, I'm in Ohio. And I just had to, like, there's nothing else I could do. I was so nauseous with these emotions I was having. Mm -hmm. And there was literally nothing else I could do but just let it go and to just trust that, some, you know, she's safe and she's a smart girl. And she has people there um, and that's what happened. She, you know, I let go, I felt better. She was happy, she's having a great time. So it just, it's just amazing how much better that feels when you let yourself. But that was a situation where I had nothing, I had no other choice but to just let it go and not try to control it or not try to overanalyze it because there's nothing I could do to make the situation better. Um, and it, it really was freeing to just say, you know, whatever, fine, fuck it. Um, it'll happen. Whatever will happen, it happens. Um, it's a very freeing experience. I just need to let myself feel that way more often. Just, you know, go for whatever you want or whatever you need. And just whatever will happen, happen. You know, you're a good person, and regardless of what ha what the outcome is. Yeah.
There was some uh, there was some advice I got last week from one of the meetings I was in. Um, someone had said, "You're responsible for the effort. You're not necessarily responsible for the outcome." Um, and I've been trying to put that into my life more and more. You know, to do what I can do, and then what happens a lot of times happens. Um, because you can't necessarily control that part of it. And to me, that's part of giving it up. You know, I can't control everything. I can't control every outcome. I can only control my effort and my input. After that, I got to I gotta kind of turn things over. You know, whatever happens, happens. So that, that advice that I got from somebody last week on a different, you know, a different situation really kind of helped me. You know, it helped me turn things over to my higher power better, so. Well, that wraps up Shit Show Saturday. As always, sign up for the Patreon. That is where I host weekly support groups, and it's where you say thanks, Andrea, for all that you do. Patreon.com slash adult child. Follow me on TikTok and Instagram at adult child pod and give me a damn five star rating on Apple and Spotify. And I will see y'all shit shows on Wednesday. Bye.